Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diaspora Collective podcast. Here at Diaspora HQ, we dissect and explore contemporary events in news and pop culture and how they pertain to Black community experience of race. We also link concepts to pathways to action in our follow-up resource roadmap. My name is Mel and today I'm joined by... Abba. Delali. And Dominique. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> yeah (laughs) this week we'll be continuing our two-part mini series in woke fishing and black fishing so today we'll be discussing black fishing and how it affects black communities but before we get into it how's everybody doing oh my gosh i'm loving things being open though um Mm. I was really, really overwhelmed at first. I was like, why are these people so close to me? (laughs) But like the more I've been going out gallivanting, I feel like the funnier things are getting. Like people are just wild. I love it. You can tell people have been um, locked up for a while (laughs) because, you know, once you taste that freedom, reckless behaviour. Yeah, Yeah, it's very reckless. Very, very reckless, reckless grabber by the necklace. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, now we're free. Obviously, I forgot like that people will talk to you on road. Like I generally forgot. Like I think I was only thinking about the people that I know, but I actually didn't like I forgot what people who don't know can be like. Like we all went out with this this weekend. We were about in Peckham. And Dom and I got there before Abramel. We were waiting for, the, for these guys to turn up. This guy just rolled up on a moped with a learner plate, may I add. Nice. <laughs> and there was like, are y'all a couple? And me and Dom were like, what? And he was like, are y'all a couple? And we were like, um, no, why? And he was like, you look cute together still. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> And then he was like, are you guys single? And I was like, mm, I'm going to step back. But Dominique, come get your man. <laughs> Dom was like, I would like my relationship status to stay undisclosed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But no, like, that was, was our first training so for funny. Hot Girl Summer. Yeah, Whoa. Hot Girl Summer Do training you know, wheels are have, out. People have been locked off for too long. So it's all about just saying how you feel and saying what you want. The thirst is real, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like this is what it must have been like after the war. You know, after the war, there was like a baby boom. And like, yeah. people were just like looking for their man, like looking for their woman. I think it's actually going to be really mad in these streets if you're single. Godspeed, Hunger Games. <laughs> I'm out here trying to find my pizza. Oh my God. I, I was about to. Do that. <laughs> oh I can't whistle. Sorry, guys. Oh dear, can't stand it. Right, yeah. so the topic of today. To yeah, let's let's let's. How do we segue from that? Let's segue. Let's just um, cut it. Before we talk about that, this week's topic. Um, I actually saw a really good tweet that like carried on for our conversation about woke fishing. Um, I can't remember it verbatim, but it was just a reminder for people that the term woke actually began in blackness. And it was actually about people, black people being aware of their social condition. And it was supposed to be a term that made us aware of how we need to stay aware of the way society is socializing us and oppressing us. 
and the fact that now it's kind of become co-opted by essentially white liberals wow. and like the right wing use it to like shame people for having views that <clears throat> are like fake so <laughs> I just wanted to remind people that maybe we need to get back into allowing woke to be a black term that is empowering for black people um, mm. and we should reclaim it. But I just saw the tweet and I'll put it in the resource roadmap, but I thought it was really good. I've got a bit of a rant for this week. That's not necessarily um, related to, I mean, this whole thing is going to be a bit of a rant. So just like disclaimer, I guess. But speaking of ranting, like I was listening to um, <clears throat> Kalecha Kafore's uh, podcast and she was literally just saying like, I want black women to be angry. Like just be angry, feel your feelings. I can't remember which one it was because I've literally been binging it all week. But I was like, yeah, I think we spend a lot of time trying to make our like emotions feel palatable for, for people around us. And I'm just kind of like, nah. So, yeah. Okay. I do think the disclaimer about this being a ranty episode is very applicable to me. These guys know how I feel about blackfishing. Um, and since we started the podcast, I've literally been stewing. Every week, every week. Um, so I just forewarn the listeners, I will get impassioned, but yeah, we need to make it stop, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to speak our truth, I feel like. Truly. I think as well, because it kind of had its moment in like the sun, like everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. When I say the sun, I don't mean the newspaper, I mean like as in the actual sun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I was like, why is Mel referring to the sun? Disclaimer. Like it had its moment, like, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. I can't remember mm-hmm. when it exactly came out. And then we spoke about it for a bit and it was like a hot topic. And then it just disappeared from yeah. kind of conversation or just being spoken about more regularly. So I think it is good to kind of like bring up things that have happened a year or two prior and show they still are relevant to the black community. And also obviously it's still affecting us. Otherwise we wouldn't still mm-hmm. be speaking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that note. Yeah, we did the definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do the definition. <laughs> So the definition of black fishing from Thea Pekarek is black fishing in simplest terms refers to white women who noticeably alter their appearance to be perceived as black. This act is done by women who excessively tan and slash or use makeup that is obviously not formulated for the actual skin tone to make them appear a lot darker. So first I just want to get your guys thoughts on why do you think people engage in these behaviours or what your general point of view is? Just whatever, you know, kind of naturally leads on from that definition. Who wants to go first? I'm not going to go first. Okay, I've got like, okay. <clears throat> right. So my notes app is looking really, really wild for like, why do people engage with these behaviors? In my opinion, I believe that um, proximity to blackness breeds cultural capital while maintaining proximity to whiteness. And what I mean by cultural capital is, the idea is like the more cultural capital you have, the more powerful you are. And this can be linked to families introducing children to dance, music, taking them to theatres, galleries, art, et cetera, et cetera. Every, like swagger, like all of those terms, I believe like come from black communities, even though it is a sub- subculture and the way that I think it kind of works in like 
mainstream media or on social media is that it's essentially like a way to stay relevant so I would say like cultural capital in the context of social media and stuff is like a way to stay relevant and I think that is the like playing field which like blackfishing and cultural appropriation as an extension um, kind of plays out so I do have a few examples because I know this is kind of like I'm like applying like an old sociological theory to like this term but like for example Nike made six billion dollars using Colin Kaepernick in their advertising after he was shunned by the NFL for taking a knee so I'm like if that's not capitalizing on black pain um, then like I don't know what is you can also think about like I think about those white uni boys, like the white boys at uni that like dress like they're from block, like the block and like how they're seen as cool and like hip and trendy Ra, at uni. Who stole my backy. Yeah, Ra who stole my backy. <laughs> Alexa, play them boy pagan. Um, <laughs> and like also the way that like hairstyles and everything's co-opted, like that's basically why I think people engage in black fishing behaviors is because it provides them some sort of power in society, makes them seem cool. Um, yeah yeah I completely agree with you I think it's all about social capital I think it's it's all about in that moment and in that space if it allows people to be perceived as more attractive more relatable um then they will use it especially to straddle across spaces I think like obviously like black fishing is just an evolution of like um is it minstrel culture with um blackface mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we can we can get into later in the episode when we talk about more of like the historical linkages but I think in contemporary times the number one like I think perpetrators of black fishing are influencers like on Instagram and I do think it's the idea of the fact that you're you want to appeal to a certain audience who now are more diverse who now might have moved more away from like western and conceptions of beauty but not so far in the fact that <clears throat> like our like we're more acceptable is in terms of like how dark we are or how afrocentric our features look i think it's about like how can you borrow things from different places apply it to your whiteness to appeal to a wider audience because from my perspective with black fishing um they're not trying to look like me like they're not trying to look like a dark skinned woman with afrocentric features and 40 hair they just in my opinion they try and look racially ambiguous so more to what we would refer to as like mixed raced and I think that is like a really conscious use of race to think of how can I apply it in a way that won't completely marginalize me but is like the perfect spot where I can be the most attractive because I still have a mixture of like westernized beauty with what Mm -hmm. other people would fetishize and because of that I don't think you can do that by accident like that's a very conscious choice and a very conscious way of putting all those things together to get a certain outcome so yeah I completely agree with Dom on that point no I just had a question which is like Mm. do you think you said like it's a very conscious way of doing it but do you think that the people that are doing it know like the implications or like the historical I don't think they understand the historical stuff but I think they're aware of it like especially influencers 
there's a reason why you are editing your pictures to look darker like if you have to put that many of layers of tan on and like you're retexturizing your hair all of those things you can't do that by accident <laughs> like that's the choice that you make but I just don't think they understand like okay if you are a black woman or if you are somebody who is mixed race to see people essentially like turning your your looks and your features into a costume looks that you often get marginalized for you often get bullied for because they have taken it but done it in a way that they're still going to be viewed as attractive whilst having those things it is actually it, I think it really does have an effect on us as black women um especially because I'm sure if you speak to most black women the way that we have grown up with our appearance has been met with so much negativity, like has been met with so much hate. So for me, it's really frustrating to see people use our looks when they want to and then take them off when it's not convenient for them. But I don't think they understand it. I don't think some people do. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right in the sense of they don't understand. And I, it is a conscious thing because I think it's one of those things where it's like um, they like to embrace the best parts of the culture. So it's like the appropriation versus the appreciation. But then even saying that, I don't even think it's necessarily an appreciation because they're not doing it to show like, oh my gosh, I really appreciate like the way um, people who actually look like this are, or like, you know, I'm trying to embrace that. No, I think it's because they see it as, okay, this is seen as beautiful, not because it's coined by um, an actual like black woman or a mixed race woman, but because like, society says to me like it's beautiful so I'm gonna embrace it and I think it has to be conscious because actually I saw um I think it was you know when you said at the beginning I think it was like a couple years ago when the whole like black fishing thing like came up um I don't know if you were referring to like the twitter thread that had like all the girls that were basically people were calling them oh out for like black fishing God. that was mad. yeah that one. After. <clears throat> yeah exactly and that's that when I because I found it again and I was looking at it and I was like oh right okay like this is it is it's, it's disturbing in itself and then mm. actually I thought it was quite interesting was looking at the comments of like what people were saying so some people were saying stuff like um they're excusing it saying but people just want to be more tanned and what's the issue with that and I think that's where sometimes it gets that's where the main argument is with black fishing mm -hmm. because people are like mm -hmm. where's the limit between oh, I just want to be more tanned. Because, you know, when people go on holiday, even us black girls, we go on holiday, you know, we want to look a bit more melanated because, you know, you caught the sun. And then it's like, what's that level between, like, a white person saying, oh, I just wanted to be more tanned and to the point where they're, like, basically black fishing. And someone had used an example saying, like, oh, but bodybuilders, they go however many shades darker when they go during competitions. Um, and someone answered back, but the reason why they do that is because it was to accentuate their muscles. It's not because they're trying to look like a different race. So I definitely feel like with black fishing, I, I definitely think there's an element of the reasoning behind why you're doing something. Because then if you use the example of a, of a bodybuilder, they're not actually trying to look like a different race. It's, I guess, also, I think it's yeah. a competition thing. Yeah, they, they have don't look... have that. They don't wear the tan all the time. Like they don't, like yeah. it's just for that one day, that one hour, whatever on stage. It's not an active choice, like an active consistent choice, essentially mm -hmm. to, to, I guess, fool um, people into thinking that they You're are- a different race, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it still looks a bit odd, I can't lie, because I've seen like the before and afters of some bodybuilders and it's like the colour they go from to the colour they go to. But I think it's like the whole reasoning behind why they did it. So if the reasoning is like, okay, for competition, 
the darker skin tone will accentuate what the muscles are so I could win a competition. And like you said, Dom, they're not doing it through, at least I hope they're not, like all the time, compared to women who, like Del was saying, want to look racially ambiguous. And I watched this YouTube video that was talking about blackfish and I'll link it in the resource roadmap and it's actually hilarious. Like it's, it's like a panel of all these black people who were literally going in. And one of the comments was, was actually so pronounced, no, prominent one of those words and it basically said that people love black features when they're not on black people and I was just like amen <laughs> the girl that did the quite one of Thompson like uh, wrote an article on black fishing and she basically said I'm just got the quote here black women are constantly bombarded with the promotion of European beauty standards in the media so when our likeness is then embraced on women who have the privilege to fit traditional standards yet freely co-opt blackness to their likening it reaffirms the belief that black people desire blackness, just not on black women. And I feel like that is just the big problem with this. It's like, everything's good to look black, to be perceived as black, unless you're actually a black person. And the one of the problems I do have with black fishing is that I think it just adds to the hypersexualization of black women a lot. Mm-hmm. Like these women aren't being perceived as like intelligent or smart or... I don't know, like any other thing apart from just be beautiful or sexy. It's like we have one way of looking at blackness and like it's literally Mm -hmm. just plays into really harmful stereotypes about black women and black sexuality that are um, derived from colonialism and from like like the colonizers. So why is that the one way that we're allowed to be when we're, is it sexiness specifically? Why is that the one thing that is like being co-opted about blackness? Like I it is. I think it just it's just such a build on exoticism. Um, and I think like I'm, when I said earlier, like they don't even necessarily want to look like black. They want to look racially ambiguous. And that obviously builds into elements of colorism as well, like mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of like mixed race women and the exoticism, because it is a mixture essentially of like everything they would want in the ideal woman. I think Kim K plays into that massively. Like that's when she leans on it the most. That's when the Kardashians lean on it the most. Like it's mm-hmm. all about like, how can I make myself this exotic looking woman that appeals to everybody as a form of marketing, like to sell this product um, or to sell myself essentially. And I do think like, like you said, Dom, like it's always for those reasons. It's always to be like for fashion or for makeup or to sell lifestyle and stuff like that. And I'm not saying it would be any better if people tried to look racially ambiguous and then went into politics. But I think it's very telling of the spaces where people use black fishing or they use attempts to be like, to look more racially ambiguous and the spaces that they won't use it in. I think it's just like what you were saying of they can choose like not to have it in certain spaces like we don't have that privilege almost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like we will always be black no matter what space we're in and they can just hang on to that racial ambiguity without having to deal with any of the consequences of being black at all especially because even when they are wanting to be perceived as black or quote-unquote exotic they're not really looking like the average black girl anyway do you know what I'm trying to go on trying to say like nobody really looks like that at all and even when I was reading about it I was just thinking I think with black fishing a lot of it we talk about it just in the realm of social media but even they had examples of when Miley Cyrus wanted to become relevant again just like what Don yeah. was saying earlier when she started twerking 
even Rachel Dolezal, you know the lady? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, transracial. Yeah. Can we no. talk about transracial? <laughs> yeah. And even oh like my God. Sense. I think a big thing with black sense at the moment now is like people like on TikTok and stuff, when they want to like um, apply more into meme culture, I think meme culture has become like a big commod- commoditization of black mm-hmm. culture that people lean on when they want to be more culturally relevant or they want, want to be more funny um and I think yeah I think it, it does go beyond skin it's like just and part of like just a borrowing of blackness when it's convenient for people and when it's not but like Mel said the hardest thing is at the end of the day we don't have a choice (laughs) so like we can't just like discard it when it's no longer convenient for us and I think a lot of the people a lot of those influencers that were blackfishing when it was BLM peak time I was like oh okay so you don't want to come on the streets (laughs) with those 50 layers of tan Hmm? (laughs) interesting all of a sudden now you want to specify that you're actually white German, you're not actually mixed race. Interesting. So yeah, I think it is just that idea of people can borrow it when it's convenient for them and then shed it when it's not. No, absolutely. And I think one of the hardest things as well is when you see it becomes a trend and then it like wears off. So like at one point you have, um, I remember when um, Kim Kardashian started doing the Fulani braids and it's like, all of a sudden everyone boxer braids oh sorry (laughs) shells in it she put the shells the cowrie shells i mean to be fair though to be fair though do you not remember in primary school like when the white girls would be going to like tinnere for something and i was like (laughs) (laughs) but i feel even even specifically the use of cowrie shells like those shells Mm. signify royalty in certain cultures they have Mm. meaning they're like linked to traditions so it's so offensive like because like you said it's that line between well it's not even a line because it's not appreciation exactly those those ideas and that history they're not understood so why would you want to why would you want to do something that like you don't understand like it just it's so wild to me like the actual caucasity of it all like it's audacious to do that and there was just such a it's like there was a time period when like all of the Kardashians would do it. I know it sounds like we're just saying the Kardashians, they're just probably the easiest ones to use as an example, but there's many examples. And I just remember that whole period of when they were all doing like cornrows or they were doing like the Fulani braids. And it's like, everyone was looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is so stylish. Like, this is so nice. And it's like, this has Girl, been- we've been, we've like, been. You know, and it's like, you know, they, they come across as if it's an appreciation, but it's not. And I don't think you can think, appreciate while stealing. I'm sorry. You can't yeah, steal uh, something you know, and say I've appreciated it. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. But my thing is, I think one of the worrying things with the comments that people make, but like, oh, like, it's okay for them to wear braids because like, you know, black girls, they do like, they straighten their hair or they wear wigs and stuff. No, I think, yeah, no, I think that's a really great counterpoint. Like, what about... Yeah. Um, like when black people try to lighten their skin what about where mm. black women wear weave or like try to you know engage in more European styles of beauty and the thing that I would say is just assimilation like the That's power the dynamic mm-hmm. is different it's not exactly. compar- like it's not comparable like hair is like essentially kind of a without going too much into hair because I know we want to talk about it in a separate mm. episode but like 
why is that now some sort of space where politics is being played out or like even what a couple of weeks ago there was that school Pimlico Academy yeah where yeah, the head teacher tried to ban afros tried to ban hijabs well, afro hairstyles yeah like those, it was like afro hairstyles and colored hijabs yeah mm-hmm. so like those things they're still playing out today in mm-hmm. terms of that violence against just black personhood. And what I mean by is that is not physical violence, but it is like, okay, my hair's now not good enough. It's an emotional yeah. battle. It's a mental battle um, that like we have to deal with. That's not the same. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not the same. <laughs> We're not in the same yeah. chapter. We're not in the same book. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not the same. But I would also say it is important to um, highlight that a lot of the time there are there are certain reasons between like why women decide to straighten their hair or why women decide to wear like wigs and stuff like that. And like Dom said, a lot of a lot of the time it probably is even subconscious assimilation because sometimes you just mm-hmm. think to yourself that it is better. Like, you know, um, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago when someone said about like, oh, on your birthday, like, would you oh, wear braids? braids? Like braids and like, like a birthday hairstyle. Exactly, like a birthday hairstyle. And like loads of women were like, you know, like Who why would people say that? Like a, it was on it's Twitter. Like, I, don't know, I don't know where it started, but there was like a thread about like, oh, braids are not a birthday hairstyle. Birthday hairstyles, like, you know, when you get the, your you get like lace, press, your lace you front, yeah, lace silk front. press, exactly. So it's almost like there's that subconscious mentality where like big events where you want to get dressed up and stuff like that, you have a certain hairstyle. I won't lie to you and say that I've never felt like that before because best Mm -hmm. believe I really have. But then I also flip it in the sense that a lot of the time, women being able to change up their hair is one for protective styling, which is like, for me, that's what has been more so in my adult life about the protective styling, the ability to change up my hair because I can, because I want to, and because I want, and because I will do it. Not because I necessarily think, you know, it depends on the day, I really can't lie. It really depends on the environment as well. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really want to go to work with like a new like braid hairstyle which I've never looked and they've never seen before and they're going to like talk about it and it's going to be like topic of conversation but then I'm like actually no I will because I like it and I think it looks good on me so I want to and then even a day if I want to wear a wig it's not because I'm necessarily feeling like I'm going to look better with a wig it's because I want to protect my hair because my 4z hair does all the cooperate <laughs> with me so you know so I think it is also like the reasoning behind like why black women do it but it's like you said Dom it's not on the same level at all I just I hate that those comments of like yeah but black people lighten their skin they dye their hair and stuff like that mm. we're not we're not in a post-racial society that we're all on an equal playing field and dark skin is valued as much as white skin. Like we're not in that space. So to say that like me bleaching my skin, which is a behavior that stems from facing oppression and being marginalized and being taught that my black skin is not only unattractive, but also won't get me where I need to get in life. It prevents me from getting certain jobs. It prevents me from accessing certain pieces of healthcare. It actually Mm -hmm. holds me back from a quality of life. If I then respond to that by bleaching my skin, that is not the same as me getting up and deciding I'm going to put tan on today because Mm -hmm. I want to look cuter. (laughs) No Mm -hmm. one bleaches their skin. It's not about, yes, it might be about aesthetics, but the the socialization that goes into somebody actually deciding to pick up skin bleaching, which is really physically like dangerous to do, but also Mm -hmm. has big mental implications in terms of how people then relate to themselves and their race and their bodies going forward really isn't the same. And it's the same for hair, like the way that we have had to go through school, being told certain hairstyles are not professional, 
that they're not safe for educational spaces that they mm. that they make you look dirty like to then have to think okay so then what I need to do then to be perceived as clean or to be taken seriously in the workplace or to be perceived be perceived that I'm like have education is to straighten my hair or to wear a wig is not the same and like Abba okay. said it takes the choice out of it um but we're not in a space where me doing that is the same as somebody else like putting tan on I just think like it's really reductive to think of it that way and I would encourage people not to lean on those arguments when they may be trying to defend themselves about why they want to put on yeah like I don't know excessive tan and stuff and I do think it's just important for you the same way Abba said that like sometimes you actually have to think about why we do things I think it is for white people to think about why they lean on certain behaviors as well didn't Kim K say the reason that she does it is so she can relate more to her mixed race children no no she said that like when basically she was like yeah the reason that i excessively tan is because i want my kids to be able to it's like, always tan before she their, had kids see their dark skin as normal i was like but they have a black but you can do that you can have that conversation you can yeah. reinforce that belief right you don't have Surely to tan to do that important yeah. is telling your kid your skin is beautiful regardless of the fact you have a different hue than me or your dad yeah. not not like putting it on like I don't, I don't like I personally like I think that's the lesson you should be teaching your children it's more of the articulation and supporting them in their identity you shouldn't have to put on their identity to make yeah. them feel more she was like, also, that's very sense, like that's self like what a way to center yourself in the narrative like exactly. <laughs> i mean now what now what do you think I think that's bullshit. <laughs> She's like, I'm calling it. <laughs> no, but obviously, obviously, as a mixed race person, I just right. She's trying to breathe, right? Um, I'm sorry. Even if, like, let's say, if I have a child with, okay, I could, well, let me just do the maths. Go <laughs> so the genetics. With, with a Chinese person, let's say, so our child will still be mixed race. I'm not then going to start wearing like. Chinese dress, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how like, or like of, changing like, your features because Yeah, changing my features or like even if let's say I had okay, let's say if I had a dark skinned um black child with I was with a black man, I'm not then gonna start like fake tanning my own skin so they know it's normal. I would just teach them that just through conversation mm-hmm. and just just in general, just making sure they were in a safe space at all times. I just think that's so bad. Like, if my dad ever came down in braids, I think I'd, I don't, I'd, I'd laugh to be honest, but I'd be like, you've had a serious identity crisis, Mr. Island. <laughs> Mr. Island. <laughs> no, and I know we have referred to the Kardashians a lot, but I feel like they are the example, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, first thing I think of when I think of what Blackfish. What would they be without their bums? What would they be? And I just want to do a PSA because mm. people always like they're Armenian. Please. Can everybody just learn the difference between race and um, ethnicity? Yep. They've been socialized into white. Sort it out. They are white Armenians. Yes, you can have black Armenians, like, but they are white. (laughs) That is not the same as their nationality. Can we just get our heads around it? Because I think people use that for as an excuse as well. They'd be like, oh, but I'm part Spanish. You're white Spanish. (laughs) Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Just because you're 
thing is, like, even their skin tone, like, their skin tones are not fully white. I mean, Barclay, but, you know, that's another topic in itself. But, like, yes, their skin tones are slightly tanned, but then that doesn't mean that they can then act a colour that they're very much not, purely because of their, like, ethnicity. Because, like... It, it, it literally like makes no sense whatsoever and then i just think to myself like even that comment about like what kim said okay fair enough she can say yeah i do it so my kids would i guess understand whatever but then you're monetizing over that on social media so really is it actually for your kids or like well, don't say you're just centering yourself wow, because if it was just for question. your kids because it was just for your kids you wouldn't be putting that all over social media like nobody would even know you're doing it and then also would your kids not look at you be like mommy why are you pale today and then dark tomorrow because can i do that because then you say the whole historical thing and understanding where like the history of where these things happen history is always like something that's being taught and passed over to new generations so then those kids are then going to teach their kids that like oh okay like you can take off and put on a skin color and it's fine because i'm doing it for the right reason quote unquote so it's like it's very higgy very very higgy I think a lot of the things that they rip off are also like from a low socioeconomic background so I think with blackfishing like people talking about it just being about race but it's actually about the intersectionality of race and class so mm-hmm. when we have cornrows and wear a tracksuit people say that we look ghetto when Kim Kardashian yeah. has cornrows or I don't know, well, what did you call um, Filani braids, boxer braids? Yeah. Boxer and where braids. People say that she um, is like bringing a whole new style yeah. stuff like that. So I feel like it's so important to realise that like black women, you can have like however much money you want, but you will always be viewed as a lower class. So like mm. even though they went into that shop, remember in like Switzerland and tried to buy like a designer oh, handbag. She Chanel they somewhere. She's a billionaire, by the way, for all listeners that might not know this. And they told her, you cannot afford the bag. Oprah Winfrey. So like, I just want to, whereas the Kardashians, they grew up in Beverly Hills. They're mm-hmm. white, number two. So I feel like it's just really important to understand that mm. I know it's not just about race it's also about class mm-hmm. could you over. imagine squaring up to auntie oprah like that until her mm-hmm. imagine my life would flash before my eyes before i ever decided to, to step to oprah like that no way like you can literally earn as much money as you want you can literally own like was it oprah network or something mm. you'll never ever be viewed as upper class Sometimes not even middle class. Do you know what, get what mm. I'm trying to say? Whereas, no, like, these white women can just take what they want from us and still, like, go back to their upper class ways. Yeah. Mm. Every, so literally, all the white boys at my in my halls at uni literally would then go back it. to their, like, the mansions. Your yard. Okay, right, let me just meet myself. <laughs> oh, my God, Mel! <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Rachel, Do- is it Dozel? Yeah. But there's another woman um called Jessica Krug and um she was um she was a st- she was a black studies professor who hid her whiteness. So well, Rachel Dozel she... was also she was exactly no, she was like, wasn't she chair of the NA NA and NAACP or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 exactly. <gasps> so it's like these women have been doing that, and uh, that I think that's what I was getting confused because Jessica Krug was another example, but she was a black studies professor. Um she claimed that she was Afro Latina. My guys, she was actually Algerian and German. 
Okay, but isn't Algeria? Wait, Algeria. Where's Algeria? Isn't that in it is, Africa? It is. Yeah, it's North Africa, but, but yeah, you can be North African and you can be white. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but she was. She wasn't even claiming that aspect. She was saying she was Afro Latina, so she's also claiming a, a culture and a race what that is she's she not. Smoking. <laughs> and the thing is, she's very white. Like she is very white as well. It's not like she. She you know, and people in North Africa that they their skin tone is slightly lighter as well. Um, but yeah, no, and she hid it. Like she purposely hid it. It's not a case where she was trying to act like she was ambiguous. Like she fully with Chester and Vim said she was Afro-Latino. I could never get up and pretend to be Swedish for a day. Like, I, uh, like, I just can't. It, yeah. And these people use, like, <laughs> they use everything in their power to, and I do think it's motivated by capitalism. Surprise, mm. surprise, the bad seed is always capitalism. But these people are always doing it because of the jobs that they want to get or the money that they want to make. Like, it helps, like, we've spoken about it, like, mobilised marketing and stuff like that. Like, how much money Rachel Dozel has made since her scandal? She has, doesn't she have like a special on Netflix? Yeah. There's like a documentary about her on Netflix. She's always doing talks and stuff. And I'm like, stop giving this woman platforms. Like, mm. you know, she's not black. Stop inviting her to talk about why she pretended to be black. Isn't like, it's enough. You're just like giving her everything that she wanted. Like, that's the reason why she pretended to be mixed race in the first place. Because I was reading about with Jessica Krug, she was saying about how I guess she was embracing a culture that she wasn't because of like the environment she grew up in. So um she made you can do uh, that she, without pretending that exactly, you are that culture. Exactly. Because she, she said on a blog post, she said, I have eschewed my life experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City under various assumed identities within a blackness that I had no right to claim. First North African blackness, then US rooted blackness, then Caribbean rooted Bronx blackness. And it's like, that's that's the whole point of the middle one. I'm saying like appreciation. That was one part that she said. Do you understand like the insanity of pledging your life to black studies, learning about the structures of racism, learning about the history of blackface, learning about everything and then deciding to pretend to be black. Like this isn't somebody who can claim to not even understand like the historical value of the behaviors that she's perpetrating. You have to be so delusional to know all of that, understand everything about the structures of racism and still do it. That's the thing with Rachel Drozell as well. Like you're a chair of the NAACP, you understand everything to do with racism and to do with blackness and these people still do it. That's really scary to me. For our next question, we want to talk about the history of blackface and minstrel history and how it links to blackfishing. We just wanted to talk about the violent history of it all, really. Obviously, blackfishing and blackface are different. So blackface is where, well, it was first used in like shows and comedy, wasn't it, in America, to kind of impersonate black people um because black people weren't allowed to act in those plays and so he said that we have to be impersonated and it just has a really really violent violent history um i really wish i could find the article that i read about how um during like jim crow like white men used to like walk around in blackface and like sexually assault white women as a reason i knew you were going to say that they did crimes dressed as black people these people are sick find it because i think it would be a really interesting read from like a historical perspective Definitely. because i think people think it's all just fun and games yeah i'll put a bit of tan on look a bit spicy look a bit exotic 
and then they can keep it moving mm. but actually like it comes from a really painful legacy like yeah. and that's really hard to um process like and see and then see people getting praised for it as well I think that's mm-hmm. maybe yeah. even like the most difficult bit yeah I think also when people don't um acknowledge that so if someone is saying to you okay do you understand the historical reasoning why people feel a certain type of way about what you're doing and they Mm. don't acknowledge it whatsoever and then when it comes back to bite them they're like oh but I never actually said I was trying to be racially ambiguous or I never actually you didn't need to try to be a different exactly but you didn't didn't say that I saw it with my own eyes my own two eyes yeah they're Um, like oh but you're the one that said it and I'd, one more point that I'd actually just like to make is this is not something like blackface is not something that is left in the past. Like it's not been left in the Jim Crow era. Like there's still like Swart Piet in the Netherlands in November where people go and like, like hoard in crowds wearing blackface to see that in person like as as a black person living in the Netherlands. One, like I don't understand it. Um, and they really defend it as something that's part of their culture. So, yeah. I don't think that's right. Like, I, I don't want to, like, denounce anyone's culture. But I think it's, you have to recognise where does that come from. Like, Colonialism. It's, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't come from a positive source of culture. It comes from ridiculing black people. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, it's really difficult, I guess, for people to to understand but I don't think people understand what it's like to see people dress up as you and make fun of you when your experience of your race is already so difficult like a lot of black people don't necessarily have a good time being black outside of safe spaces and Mm -hmm. then to enter those spaces be out and about and see people at parties or on tv dressing up to be you as a joke and to make fun of you is just it's really heartbreaking for black people and like Abba said it's when you question it you're always met with so much defensiveness as to yeah but it's just a joke blah blah why would you want to defend something that somebody is telling you this is actively heartbreaking for me to see um and taken into everything with like the Jim Crow area with minstrel culture stuff of like gollywogs all of that sort of stuff like it's such like a long history of like dehumanizing black people it's such a dehumanizing experience and I really wish people would just accept that it's not okay like I don't know how else to say it I feel like it's a pretty simple point that we're saying it's not okay like it's just not nice also do your research like it is there it's a known thing it's not something that people have no idea about um is you know there's a lot of information about that era what it stood for why people did it and also why it's not a thing now so I think if you can if you can find a way to defend it then you're very uneducated and you don't care to think about you know what it could mean because I think what people I guess they say is like they'll saying oh it's just a joke like it's just dressing up um it's not I'm not I don't mean it in a bad way like I have, I have all these black friends and it doesn't mean anything but if it's something that you understood the reasoning what happened I don't think things that happen in history it doesn't have to be reoccurring for people to feel hurt mm-hmm. now so mm-hmm. if something happened in however many years ago people are still allowed to feel a certain type of way are still allowed to feel triggered by it and it's not for you who's not in that position to say oh no but it's a joke and obviously that's not what I mean by it 
No, but that being said, like, I don't think it's, like I said before, it's not something that is, like, um, just in history. Like, I saw a video mm. not even a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm trying to find it now. Of that Italian music. That... That, do you guys see that? Oh, Italian yeah, music? I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And they were removing, like, a full-on mask from yeah. this white yeah. woman. And they dressed her up as, why could they have they not just found a nose. black... A black like singer, fake for see her, but, but no. But the whole point of that show is to dress up like black singers and see who can like sound the most like them. It's just absolutely oh, disgusting. Wow. Um, and I think one of the things I was reading about recently about the evolution of blackface is like, have you guys heard of digital blackface? Yes, yes. So a big thing that's happening now is obviously things like housewives <laughs> things like bad girls club stuff like that like we have a lot of like short snippets of black people that get heavily used for meme culture and it's now like the way people communicate online is so like embedded with like black scent or using black people as like caricatures to convey emotion um or using black terminology in aav and it's just like it's an evolution of that behavior in terms of the fact that like the only time that you want to show black people is basically in forms of entertainment or ways to communicate that are like trendy um but it leans on the same behavior of like putting black people into these boxes for entertainment value um and like like we talked about a lot today about like the commodification of blackness and stuff like that so like and we spoke about people using black emojis when they're white <laughs> so i just looking think at you like, chloe kardashian looking at honestly you. she did it the other day again um, <laughs> your face i'm crazy it winds me up so oh much but yeah just to say like dom said it's not just about like it happening in history and it's about it happening now both in terms that we understand blackface traditionally but like new forms of blackface and I really would encourage people to read up about digital blackface um because it is really common now I now I've read up on it I can see it happening like left right and center um and it is really bad so basically I just wanted to talk about why this is now coming out and kind of give some posy vibes about a very very negative subject so just when I was reading up on it I just one of the reasons why it is coming out, I feel like, is because black women are stepping into themselves more and they're accepting themselves, which means they almost feel that more of the ability to call this out. Also, with the rise of social media, people are being held accountable a lot more for their actions. And I think it leaves like a less, a lot less room for white women to capitalise on us and a higher call for accountability. So I feel like that is a good thing. It's like even the way we can speak about this now, like if, I feel like if this was the 90s, people would just be telling us to shut up. Whereas now people are actually listening to us. And I feel like black women, not saying they didn't before, like I feel like every generation of black women has always taken pride in themselves. However, now we more have the means to have a voice, to voice this kind of pride in ourselves. So yeah, this just wanted to quickly say is that I think it's actually a good thing that we're talking about this and that they're being held accountable for their actions. I don't know what my like takeaway from this would be apart from just yeah. don't do blackface don't black fish don't I'm gonna report you if you do it I'll report you I do it anyway I report people all the time I do I report black fishing as a hate crime I genuinely think it is I think like you can't you can't convince me that it's not so just cut it out people 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think I can't lie. I don't think I have any closing. Um, yeah, thoughts. I think oh, does up so well. Sorry, guys. I'm um, <laughs> but um, I can't lie. There's no posy vibes for me today because this is not a posy, posy thing. But mm. you know. Mm. <laughs> That was like the cutest, most like surface level. No posy vibes because this is not a posy thing. <laughs> not saying the other things that we talk about are positive because they're really not. But I think no. today was like we said, it was more like a ranting, getting stuff off our chest. And you have to understand that this is something that you have. Well, we have all dealt with since we were kids and teenagers and even as adult women. So, yeah. No posy vibes here, but uh, stay safe um, out here in these streets. Keep to your mm-hmm. own colour. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Keep to your own colour. Sorry. She said, buy your foundation shade and no one else is. <laughs> um, I think sake. we should just encourage people to support Black content creators more um mm-hmm. in the very realm of kind of like influencer culture the online space is already a really hostile space for black individuals mm-hmm. i think if you add that with people like um commodi- commoditizing blackness then you have people who are being paid more for things that black people actually have so i think maybe just like engage with black content a lot more um in those spheres and support those individuals because there's a lot of barriers in play my closing quote for this week is from maui smith and the quote is, one white girl blackfishing on Instagram is a microcosm of the larger commodification of blackness taking place. Black movements like Black Lives Matter are co-opted and parodied into greeting card catchphrases or bastardized entirely. Slogans like hot girl summer are stolen and remixed into songs or entire branding strategies for corporations. Blackfishing is the latest iteration of the parts of black culture that are palatable to white people and extracting any blackness from it until it's unrecognizable. So yeah, the positive vibes are kind of ended, but that's my thoughts. Snaps for that quote. Word, 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 word. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We publish episodes every second Thursday. You can follow us on Spotify and find us on Instagram at diaspora underscore collective and on Twitter at diaspora cpod where you can find our follow-up resource roadmaps for each episode and other posts related to issues close to our hearts. Thank you for listening. Oh, and this resource roadmap is going to be of episode 19 and 20, so it will be including white fishing and black fishing all together. Yeah. Wow, Enjoy. Wow.